minimalists. <laughs> Guess what? You can now text the Minimalists podcast, 937-202-4654. We will answer your questions on air, or if we don't get to them on the air, that text goes directly to my phone and to Ryan's phone, and we can now text you back, 937-202-4654. Enjoy the show. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. Indeed, we are, Ryan. Today, we're going to record a podcast about podcasting. I was just thinking like how meta this is. <laughs> really? this is. <laughs> I brought my podcasting voice. This is our first podcast of 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. It's just me and Ryan in the studio, along with podcast Sean and Jordan No More. And uh, this is really for people who are creatives. And the good news is you're all creative in some way. And mm -hmm. so this is for you if you're looking for new ways to create. It's not just going to be about podcasting. We're going to give you so, a little bit of our recipe for podcasting. If we have time, we'll answer some questions as well. But also if you're thinking about other ways to create, whether it's through artwork or writing or blogging, or maybe you want to create your first book, maybe it's photography, we really want to speak to the creatives or the aspiring creatives today. Yeah. But one of the things that I've noticed, Ryan, since we've been doing this for, well, this is our 10th year now. Yeah. We started back, uh, well, 10 years ago in 2010. It's now mm -hmm. 2020. And we started, and I just wanted to write books. Mm -hmm. And you had an idea like, well, maybe we could share this online and we could start a blog or a website. And so we did that. But then I've become more vehicle agnostic over the last decade. Mm -hmm. We've been out on several tours. That's another way for us to create and communicate with people. Yes. Remember that first tour? Eight people showed up at the first tour stop. Yeah, man. And it just grew from there. Great but times. Yeah. And, and, and what I realized is that I really enjoy finding new ways to create. And so about mm -hmm. four years ago, the two of us and podcast Sean, we were in Missoula, Montana, we had a little tiny conference room that uh, was basically a broom closet. Yeah. And we started recording some podcasts mm -hmm. four years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually four years ago this week that this uh, comes out. And so over the last four years, we've learned a whole lot about podcasting, what it takes to create a successful podcast. And in fact, podcast Sean and I wrote this long blog post. I'm not going to read this to you. You can find it over at theminimalists.com slash microphone. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But it's called How to Start a Successful Podcast. I'm so glad you guys wrote that because I cannot tell you how many people reach out to me. And they're like, what's your advice for podcasting? Right. And yeah, so now now we're going to have this podcast in addition to this this blog post. Right. And I think it's some really awesome material for people to yeah, to learn how to create their own podcast if that's what they're looking to do. And what I really hope to accomplish with this is not to regurgitate everything that is in this this 
blog post, which is long. In fact, uh, we're just going to cover the the five, the top five <laughs> steps, and maybe a few other things. Blog here. post, it's a novella. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> well, it's all it's all fact. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it does seem like it is. Um, it is quite long, but it it's in several different sections. The first bit is very short, and it's just called "How to Start a Podcast in Five Steps." Now, Ryan, I thought you and I could talk about this, and then we'll weave sure. in other creative aspects as well. Mm -hmm. And the reason that these five steps were really important for us is it really simplified the process because. Man, it is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. When you think about, well, how am I going to host a thing and the microphone, the room, and all these things. But then the rest of the blog post g goes from pre-production to production and post-production. And, and Sean wrote that part and really went into immense detail. We're not going to cover all of that in here, mm -hmm. but we're going to start with these five steps at the beginning of this blog post. Cool. The first thing that was really important to us, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have questionable audio quality. Sure. And sometimes it's so bad or just so mediocre, it's not even bad, that I, it, it distracts me from being able to listen to it. Sure. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go rent an NPR studio and spend hundreds of dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. there are, so our first step is purchase a quality microphone. You can get a quality microphone for around $100. Yeah. I mean, we use the Yetis for the longest time. Yeah, we use that. And I think the other one in here is the uh, Rode Podcaster. Those okay. are the two that we use. I'll put a link to the... Actually, the link is in the... Um, we'll put a link in the show notes as well, Sean. But they are, it's all here in this blog post mm -hmm. as well. Now, we've upgraded since then. But here's the thing. You don't have to go all out when you first no. start. You don't have to have... We have these video cameras here. I think it was 140-something episodes in before we even started doing video. And, and, and because we wanted to do it right. And the same thing with audio. I don't think... We wanted to create something that is going to... to I mean, the thing that you create will essentially last forever, or at least your lifetime. Yeah. And so at first, when you and I started creating... Um, we weren't always happy with the podcast that we created. Right. I remember the first few episodes we did, we would record somewhere between four to six episodes before we published one. Mm -hmm. And that's just because we were getting comfortable with the medium, comfortable with the format, also comfortable with the quality. And the quality really starts with getting a good microphone, a relatively inexpensive microphone. If you have a computer, you can buy one of these $100 microphones, you can set it up there, and all of a sudden, you have much better quality than if you just started recording it on an iPhone mm -hmm. or with a, a really janky microphone. Sure. Um, I, I, I bring that up because... Although I know some great podcasters who record with janky microphones. Tell me but one to, or two. But to your point, though, well, I don't want to call him out on this. Well, I, actually, I will. Rob Bell is one of them. He uses his son's he did, microphone. Now, now, yeah. now he uses this mic that we're using right now. Yeah, but I guess what I'm getting at is is that you can you know, uh, you can still come out with a quality podcast, but the little details that you can kind of improve, mm -hmm. it's just going to make your podcast that much better yeah. so but but i would say that like rob's janky mic that he it used, wasn't janky though it was one of those hundred dollar or so yeah. it was just his son's mic right, right? so yeah. it seemed janky because it was he found it under his bed right but it, was, it was a i think a, one of, a yeti snowball or something like that but mm. anyway it, it was the functional equivalent of right that. but so then like yeah then. yeah but then you got people who record it like on their iphone yeah and, and that's I, a little bit yeah i recommend against that and here's why absolutely because you don't want to notice it in fact mm -hmm. that's one of the nice things about our podcast it sounds like one of the best podcasts out there 
Thank you, Podcast Sean, for yes. that. Uh, now, it's still elegant and simple. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't require a whole lot. So in that blog post, we, we go through, well, here is you know, in the purchase a, a quality microphone. We have beginner microphones, and then we have professional. So if you mm. want to mimic our setup, this professional setup isn't even that expensive. These microphones are, what, four or 500 bucks, right, Sean? Yeah. About 400 bucks. So so it's not crazy. I wouldn't recommend starting there, though. No. It, it's, it's maybe 10 to 20% better quality, but... But here's the thing. If you're getting started, get started and make sure you like it. You can still have something that's quality without having to be a professional studio. Yeah. We but, did that for a long time. Yeah. And one thing to note too, you know, it, it, the microphone you have isn't necessarily going to make you a better podcaster. Absolutely not. So, you know, I know I get stuck or I used to get stuck in the trap of I'd get a new hobby or, you know, whatever, looking at something and I'm like, oh, I want to get this, but I'm going to go ahead and spend the extra money to get the super advanced, nice version right. when in all actuality, like you just need something that is, you know, that's going to provide a good audio experience. But yeah, getting a sure mic versus a Yeti mic. Uh, that's not going to make you a better podcaster. In fact, it might make you worse at first yeah. because you're relying too heavily on the equipment. Mm -hmm. Just like when you're snowboarding, Ryan, if you're I'm going to buy the $7,000 snowboard, mm -hmm. it's, you're, you're going to fall over better now? Like, right. no, you have to learn how to actually snowboard. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, after the microphone, step two is purchase the right recording equipment. Mm -hmm. Honestly, when we started, it was just us with the, the Yeti mic, the Rode uh, podcaster mics. We had two mics. Mm -hmm. Sean was in the room. We hooked it up to GarageBand on his and recorded old right Apple to, laptop. Yeah, recorded yeah. it right to his computer. Right to GarageBand. That is free. Uh, we have some other programs in there. Now we use something called a Zoom H6. Mm -hmm. Still relatively primitive. It's not one of those giant recording boards you would see right. at, at a studio. Sean is manning the, the H6 right now. He pots up and down the gain. And, and uh, I think you could put, what, six different uh, inputs in there. That's why it's called an H6. Four, up to four microphones, right? Yeah. And so you can decide whether or not you want to have guests, and we'll talk about format and all of these other things as well. And like I, I feel said, like I feel like the H6 versus GarageBand. I don't hear Sean complaining about as many problems with the H6, whereas GarageBand, there was just a couple little. I don't know, glitches that would happen. It would glitch more. Right, for the, for yeah. the recording itself. Right. But then, of course, the next step is choose an editing program, and we still use GarageBand for editing. It is great for what we're trying to accomplish. <laughs> and by right? we, we mean podcast, Sean. Right, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally, I'll, I'll, I mean, in fact, he's using it right now as a backup as well. Right. So in case something were to happen, I think this has happened only once where a file gets corrupted or something on the H6, he at least has a backup so we don't lose what we have here. Yeah. And he writes about that in here, having some redundancy or some backup so you don't lose things that you've recorded. Uh, number four out of the five steps is find an inexpensive hosting platform. Mm -hmm. uh, you can put your podcast up for free on SoundCloud. In fact, we still do that. Yeah. So soundcloud.com slash the minimalists. Uh, it's a great platform uh, in the app you can have on your smartphone or whatever. So if you want to get started for absolute free, that's the way to do it. If you want to make sure your podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Overcast and Google Podcasts and uh, Spotify and all these other places, then you need a good host. Mm -hmm. uh, we use a company called Libsyn, which is short for Libra what is it? Liberated Syndicate, right? Um, we'll put a link to that in, in the show notes as well. But uh, you can use whoever you want. That's who we've used since the very 
very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a, a small affiliate relationship with them. So if you, I think you can get a free month of hosting if you want to try them out. Um, I don't know the details. There's somewhere in that blog post. Yeah. But you can use whoever you want. That's just who we've used. We only recommend places and, and products, obviously, that we've used personally. And whether or not they work for you is really up to you and how you use them. Uh, step five, the most important step, Ryan, you alluded to this a moment ago. Like You can buy all the great equipment. You can have the right editing program. Oh, I found the perfect host. And then what do you do now? You, you Well, you actually have to make the thing that you've wanted to make. Yeah. And, and you got to put it out into the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have to record and upload your first podcast. That, yeah. is, that is really step five. Sometimes that's the hardest part, man. Like putting yourself out there because you know people are going to listen to it. They're going to, they're going to judge you a little bit or, you know, maybe they'll uh, provide some feedback for you. But it's funny when I think about, well, this is with anything we've created, Josh. Tell me. Our very first book or our very first podcast, like I, except for minimalism or documentary, our very first documentary, that is gorgeous. And I look at that and I'm like, this is the most beautiful thing we've ever created. All right. So besides that, everything else that we've, uh, all the other vehicles we've used, I look back at those early works uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, like I've grown so much since then. Yeah. And that's a good thing though. And even since the documentary, obviously we've grown uh, immensely. We're working on our second film. In fact, we can talk about this right now. We just uh, finished. And by the time this episode comes out, we should be done completely with production of our second film, which is called Less Is Now. Mm-hmm. And it'll be out sometime in 2020 on Netflix. Uh, stay tuned for more details on that. Make sure you're on our email list if you want to be the first to, to hear about that and, and check out some behind-the-scenes stuff. Now, Ryan, what I have here from the blog post, mm-hmm. three reasons you should start a podcast mm-hmm. and three reasons you should not start a podcast. And I think, unfortunately, too often we swap these two things, right? Mm. So the, the three, re- three reasons you should, number one is value. Adding value to other people's lives is the primary goal in any endeavor that we do, any creative endeavor. Yeah. And, and we're always asking that. Even if we're going to send a tweet, will this tweet add value? Will this blog post add value? Will this book I'm writing add value? Will this podcast episode add value? If not, I don't want to clutter the world with more noise. Mm-hmm. And so think about that when you are creating your podcast mm-hmm. or whatever else you're creating. Will this add value? Number two is experience. Now, you don't have experience yet. There's only one way to get it, though, mm-hmm. is to actually do it. Yeah. Uh, podcasting will give you... Inevitable, uh, invaluable experience in several areas, writing, speaking, performing, audio recording, editing, and distribution, mm-hmm. website development, graphic design, promotion, etc. And by the way, we talk about how to create cover art and all that other stuff in this blog post as well. I, that That's not really ideal for the audio format that we have here. But uh, so in the blog post tells you about cover art and, and how to get your podcast onto all of these different platforms as well. Third and finally, why you should start a podcast. And I think this one has been really important for us, especially as our podcast has changed over uh, the last four years, Ryan, especially it's become more guest heavy recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've developed a, a format and aesthetic our podcast is a listener-driven show usually. People yeah. call in and we answer their questions a lot like Dan Savage or uh, Dave Ramsey 
or you know you think of like talk radio like people will call in we have conversations it's it's very similar to that but we've also incorporated guests recently Mm -hmm. and that is a deliberate decision and so we ask you some questions throughout this blog post about how to start a successful blog about your format because here's one thing that i've learned ryan people really like consistency yeah they don't want the the minimalist podcast to be one way, one week, and then we do something completely different where we're like, oh, we're going to a petting zoo this week with the Minimalist Podcast. Like, it wouldn't make sense. So there's a particular format. We answer mm-hmm. people's questions, and now we answer people's questions, but with a guest quite often. Mm. Uh, usually most episodes, in fact, have a guest. Yeah. So third is connection. Uh, podcasting will not only allow you to share your unique perspective with a worldwide audience, but it will also give you the opportunity to share your diverse viewpoints with your contemporaries. I mean, that's the thing. I've grown so much since we've started bringing guests on, and I know our audience has benefited from it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, it doesn't always work out great. I mean, sometimes we will have a guest in here, and um, it, on paper, it should work out really well, but for whatever reason, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Maybe I'm not jibing with the person you're not, or or the they're not answering the questions in the way that I would expect. Now, part of that's just expectations, mm-hmm. but what I've learned is that as we're interacting with these people, man, I um, well, there's there's this old adage that the the teacher learns more than the student, and mm-hmm. I feel like especially. Uh, since we started this podcast, I've learned a lot more about myself, about how to interact, about how to answer questions totally it, agree. in a way that we wouldn't have yeah. before this, right? Yeah. So connection it has been really big for us. Now, here are three reasons you should not start a podcast. Number one is money. <laughs> yeah. If money is your primary driver for starting a podcast, you'll likely find yourself horribly disappointed. Hmm. You know, Ryan, there are 800,000 podcasts out there right now. Wow. And many of them want to start because they want to make money or whatever. In fact, I remember the gal, uh, I think it was at our Dallas event. And she, she said, well, I have a blog. And I'm not like you guys. I have to I have to have ads on my, my blog. Mm-hmm. And I said, you have to, really? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you say you have to? Well, I have to make money. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you do have to make money, but maybe you don't have to do it through... I imagine the the CMO at at uh, at Marlboro also says, "Well, you got to do what you got to do to make money." But sure. like, it, maybe it doesn't align with your values. For me, advertising doesn't align with our values. Now, it's not to say we can't make money from this podcast. We have a Patreon, and and thankfully we have almost five thousand patrons at this point, and I think we're capping it at six thousand patrons. So that's a way for us to pay for the studio space, to pay Sean and and Jess and Jordan, but. Money is not the primary driver for doing what we do. Mm. Uh, Sean wrote this. When we produce creations based on chasing the dragon of money, the creations are often hollow. Yeah. And they fail to resonate deeply with a wide, loyal audience. That said, there's nothing wrong with earning money from your podcast. We just don't want the almighty dollar to be the reason we create. It's, it's also a good way to kill a passion, too. Yes. Like if you're relying on, you know, doing your passionate work to make money. Well, then now you're relying on, oh, well, I got to, I have to create in order to pay my bills. And, you know, you want it to be a get to as much as possible, not a have to. Yeah. So money can certainly change it from a get to, to a have to. Another one I've noticed, Ryan, number two is uh, on this, why you shouldn't start a podcast is fame. Yeah. 
Now, uh, fame, like money, is an incredibly elusive, is incredibly elusive and often empty. Quote reward. You're more likely to find your creativity and your pursuits starve to death if you're planting seeds in this barren field. Instead, aim to provide value to an audience, and mu- uh, which is a much more noble pursuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, fame is a very empty, vapid. Ryan, you and I have sort of become, we're not famous, we've become accidentally recognizable. We're infamous. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Not yet. (laughs) But uh, there's a certain amount of people who who appreciate our work, but it's being well-known for the right thing. Yes. It's not being uh, celebrated for the fact that we uh, have notoriety. That's that's empty, as, as Sean wrote here. And then finally, promotion. Creating a podcast simply to promote a product or service will often have the opposite effect. Uh, people have an acute radar for detecting inauthenticity. And once they have, they avoid the offending source like the plague. I mean, I think that's true. Like, uh, all these brands, don't try to be a brand. That's just. Dis- it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you can call the minimalist a brand if you want, but Ryan, you and I are never talking, hey, how does that affect our brand image? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can create a brand, but if you do it in a disingenuous way, well, then it comes across as disingenuous. I, and I think that's the thing. I, I think trying to create a brand often comes off. The brand that we've created, if you even call it that, mm-hmm. is something that has been organic. It's just like, right. hey, well, let's... Well, we're the minimalist because we want to uh, get the minimalists.com. And so right. we got that. And But we're also you know, the face of the minimalist. But the minimalists are us and, and Sean and Jeff and Dave and, and Jordan and Jess. And everyone who listens to this or everyone who reads it, it's part of the minimalists. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a bit of a double entendre there. It's anyone who wants to be part of, of this community, right? Yeah. But I mean, I think the brand that we have, it just comes from being consistent and being ourselves. Because like you can look at the minimalist's logo, like there's a logo there, right? Sure. Um, but yeah, it's not, but we don't do it for the sake of, like you said, for the brand. We're not sitting there around, you know, having a meeting like, okay, how can we, uh, how can we make our brand stronger this month? Right. Yeah. Right. And so creating something just to promote your product or service, like you and I talk about products and services sometimes that we find value in or sure. things that we've created. But it's not the primary driver for doing what we do. It's the same as money and certainly the same thing for, for fame. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely not doing this to try to get famous. Yeah. These are all byproducts. They're not the drivers. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. And so I would encourage you to take a look at that blog post. If you want to create your own podcast, it is a great place to get started. All of the details, everything from cover art to uploading to editing to production, all the notes and uh, even starting a website or blog to publish your show notes, email list, all of these things are covered in there. We have a few questions and so let's try to get through these relatively quickly. The first one here is from Amanda in Nashville. My question for you is I would want to know what you would recommend to someone who wants to become a mentor. I got my degree in psychology, and um, I figured formal education was my only escape from the economic situation I was born into, and while I love the education I received and I really want to learn more, I regret the significant amount of debt I've gotten into as a result. I'm trying to work really hard to get rid of that. I am working a full-time and a part-time job uh, to make up for it, and neither of which are bringing me much value to my life. 
Um, I want to eventually become a licensed marriage and family counselor um, and to get my master's in that, but I know I can't afford it anytime soon. Uh, I've been reaching out to people to try and help them for as long as I can remember, and I'd like to find a way to uh, maybe organize it to become more accessible to more people and uh, maybe support myself in the process. So what would you recommend for someone who's trying to start out in mentorship? Ryan, you're a mentor. Yes, I am a mentor. Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't like ever think I was going to be a mentor uh, or, or like have a mentoring side hustle, basically, mm-hmm. um, where my mentoring came from. And you're kind of a mentor, too, in a way, when it comes to your writing class, if you yeah, think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I consider myself a teacher, but yeah, that, that makes, I, I, yeah, it's semantics. I call my mentee students. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I would... Yeah, I'm a life coach. <laughs> no, you're not. So, actually, so I don't know why, but every time I say life coach, like it just because it has such a negative connotation now. Well, there, here's this is a perfect perfect segue into Amanda's question here, mm-hmm. right? I think life most life coaches don't have much life experience. Yeah, and this is the first place where Amanda needs to start. Great, you've gone through college, you, you you've gotten some education. Oh, by the way, don't confuse schooling with education. Right. Amanda says she really wants to learn more. Great. There are plenty of ways for you to learn without having to pay for additional schooling. Yeah. You you can still get an education, whether it's watching MIT lectures on YouTube. It's just going to your local college and, and auditing classes. You can often do that for free. Yeah. There are meetup groups. There are uh, Skillshare websites and all, all of these different places that you don't have to spend, or you can spend a little bit of money, not go mm-hmm. tens of thousands of dollars into debt and get a good education without the schooling. Now, she wants to be a mentor, Ryan. The thing that I I, that I, I want to caution her against is you need some life experience before you can yeah, just be a mentor. That's a great point, man. I think about the therapist I have right now, which I guess maybe he he's like my friend therapist slash mentor. He's not a licensed therapist. Like he's just, he's someone who has a lot of life experience that I trust. And I would much rather talk to him who has life experience than someone who just like went through all the schooling but hasn't actually lived, uh, hasn't lived their life the, the way that, you know, someone, I don't know, someone can, you can speak better to your life experience than what a book is going to tell you. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, and you have the life experience to to be a mentor, Ryan. So uh, you and I both, we both grew up poor. So you have you have that that experience, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of drug and alcohol abuse in mm-hmm. our families, right? Yeah. You also had some substance abuse in your own life, so yeah. you have that point of view yeah. that you're able to to provide to other people, and also in overcoming that. Now, also, you went from being poor to being. Uh, quote unquote successful mm-hmm. in the traditional sense. You climb the corporate ladder, so you have that experience. You manage large teams or well, small teams of people, and then you manage large teams of people. Yeah. You focused on sales and marketing, so you have that experience. Mm-hmm. You ran retail stores, you have that experience. You did business to business sales. That's life experience that you have. Yeah. Oh, and then you have some of the most remarkable experience. You got laid off from your job. That is an experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. You had to go through these experiences experiences yeah. you can't just read about them right in order to convey that information the reading exactly. helps it helps round it out yeah absolutely but you have the experience and then oh you have the experience of building a business or several businesses now that we have a coffee shop down in st petersburg so you have different business experience as well now all of those things 
are so much better than the uh, what the bachelor's of business management degree that you have. Right. Yeah. Like, it's great that you have that degree and that maybe that's a, a check box, but there are so many other boxes that are so much more relevant when it comes to being a mentor. And it's that life experience that you have. Yeah. And, and now the experience that you have, the reason you're able to talk about podcasting mm-hmm. is because you've been doing it for four years. Right. The, thing you, the reason you could talk about blogging is you've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you can talk about social media because you, you've been, you're not an influencer, mm-hmm. better than an influencer, <laughs> you are influential. Mm. And, and I think there's a substantial difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, and so if I'm gonna give Amanda any advice, it's three things. Get some real world experience. Yep. Number two, start a podcast. And you don't even have to necessarily publish it, but it's going to, because what are we doing here, Ryan? We are being mentors on this podcast. It's mm-hmm. a mentorship program for us in a way. Yeah, I would encourage you to start a, prog- a podcast. And th- I'm not saying keep doing it forever. Do six episodes and, and of something that interests you. Find a format and make it a project. And the other thing is start a blog yeah. and, and write, wh- whether it's once a week, once every day, uh, once a month. And what writing is going to do is going to help you solidify your thoughts. It's going to help you better understand how you think and how you can communicate and express yourself to others. Yeah, what I hear you recommending to Amanda here is find some vehicles that you feel comfortable using to get your message out there. Because that's the one thing about being a mentor is you have to be an expert in some way or fashion. So you get that through life experience and then you express that life experience through whatever vehicle it is, blogging, podcasting, YouTube videos, which I guess is just a a vlog. Um, But yeah, you could do whatever you want, Amanda. But yes, you, uh, I I would also totally, yeah, just uh, echo what Josh said. Um, Find a way to get your message out there, whether it's, yeah, podcasting or whether it's starting a blog. But and those are all ways to gain experience, yeah. right? Yeah. So for yeah, so for me, the reason why I even started a mentoring business was because people kept sending me like ten thousand word emails. Hey, here's my situation. I really respect what you do. Um, here's here are my thoughts. What would you do if you were me? And I was like, oh, like I'm getting a lot of these emails. I could probably start to be a mentor and charge for it and make a little money from it while helping people. And you know what? If you're adding value to people's lives they're willing to compensate you for it. Right. So, um, so Amanda, you know, find a way to add value to people's lives through mentoring and you absolutely will find people who will compensate you for your time. Um, I don't think you really have anything else for her, Amanda. Amanda, I'm going to send you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. Uh, it's really the story of, of our experience. Like our experiences growing up poor, our experiences making it in the business world and then leaving the business world our experience is there as well and so all of the experiences we've gained over the first well that book came out uh, well it was finished when we were 32 years old so it's 32 years worth of experience and i think you'll find some value in our experience if you like our podcast i think you'll really enjoy the audiobook version of everything that remains by the way it's my favorite thing that we've ever created or if you want the book book or the ebook version be happy to send those to you as well. We're running out of time, so I'm going to save Maddie from Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to save her question for the maximal. Ryan, what time is it? It's time for our lightning round where we answer questions from social media. Indeed we do. Um, we are at The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, this is the lightning round where we, we try to answer your questions with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media. And now you can find all of our pithy answers in one place thanks to Jessica 
social jess uh that place is minimalmaxims.com all right our question is from kr earlier this month i left my corporate job after two years of planning to start a wellness business i got certified two years ago and spent this past year writing a book which is now out for beta reader feedback while i go through the self-publishing process i'm looking to begin the next project how do I decide among the many options, create an online course, develop a workshop, focus on my blog, explore podcasting, pursue one-on-one coaching, something else? <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, man. She, her question stresses me out a little bit. <laughs> Wait, so so here's, uh, here's my pithy answer. Well, I have three of them, actually. Mm-hmm. So... And I'm going to read the second one first here. And you can do everything, but not at the same time. Yeah. And... And what I mean by that is over the last decade, yeah. you and I did the blog. We've done three books. We're working on our fourth one now. We've done nine tours in nine years. We have done 214 podcast episodes now. Actually, it's much more than that because all the, the Patreon episodes, which are even yeah. longer than these. Yeah. And so we have hundreds of podcast episodes but you eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. I mean, we didn't start out and we're like, okay, we're the minimalists. We've got this website now. Now we got to, you know, check all these boxes with a blog, with a podcast, with a documentary, with books. And yeah, if we looked at the whole elephant instead of taking it one piece at a time, then yes, we absolutely. Um, well, I don't think we'd be as, uh, I don't know. We wouldn't have had as many creations as we do now, but kind of taking it one at a time, it has really helped us to use many, many vehicles and create a lot of things. It allows you to be focused too. I, yeah. That's the really nice thing. Cause if, if we were to put, all right, Ryan, we're going to work on these 10 projects. You put them all on the table. What, what happens? You put 10% into each of them. Mm-hmm. Well, 10% doesn't get you very far. That's an F minus. Yeah. And yeah. so, so if you try to work on them all right now kr you're going to fail any of those things that you picked which the what's the one that excites you when you get up in the morning you're like i really 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 want to do that is Mm. it a book is it an online course is it a workshop is it one-on-one coaching is Mm -hmm. it podcasting whatever that is the thing that excites you start with that yeah and once you've mastered that you can always move on to the next thing ryan and i work on one major project a year and then everything else we do serves that project Mm -hmm. yeah i would be careful to uh kr to not pick the project that you think is going to make you the most money so kind of going back to what we were talking to Mm. at the beginning of this podcast if you're if you're going to pick a project because you're like oh this is money i can make this is going to give me fame like if you're doing it for the wrong reasons uh, or i'm sorry if you're doing it for those reasons those are the wrong reasons and ultimately you're choosing the wrong thing indeed i got two more pithy answers for you we can put these in the show notes uh, this is one of my favorites. Create value, not content. Amen. That's the other thing to think about. We don't want to be content creators. We don't want, we don't want to add to the noise. We want to make things that are going to stand the test of time, that are going to last the rest of your lifetime, things that you'll be really happy with a decade from now. Not because they're perfect. I don't want you to be a perfectionist, but I want you to be really proud of the yes given the resources i have this is the absolute best i could do and knowing that you can always improve upon it in the future you're going to continue to be a better writer or coach or podcaster or or whatever but you're going to be really satisfied with the work that you put into it and finally ryan my my third pithy answer is if you don't know what you want you'll get everything you don't want (laughs) ain't that the truth Uh, My pithy answer is this. Good businesses make money. Great businesses solve problems. I mean, you've got to ask yourself, how are you going to help people solve problems, KR? 
Like, and that is how you choose which project uh, you you pick. Like, what are you passionate about? What gets you excited? And let's say you've got four projects and you're like, oh, but I really am excited about these four things. Then look at the one that's going to help uh, the most people solve the most problems. And that is how you're going to uh, pick pick the best thing to work on. Can I pin your pithy answer? Because I love it. No. I love it. All right, it. go ahead. Uh, so, so can you read the first half of that again? What is it? Good businesses. Uh, good businesses make money. Good businesses make money. Great businesses make a difference. Yeah. Ooh, good one, man. There we go. Nice. But you got two to work with there, podcast, Sean. All right, before we get into our added value segment and our listener tips today, it looks like we've got a bunch more surprise questions this week. How do you develop the discipline to consistently produce new creations? How can minimalism feed creativity? How do you deal with writer's block? Ooh, I've got a controversial answer on that one, Ryan. Mm. What's the ideal creative environment to keep you focused while creating? How can I create engaging Instagram and Facebook posts? <laughs> I love this one, mm. Ryan. I'm very busy. How can I find the time for creating? Mm. I just imagine a person like typed that out and they were panicked. Uh, <laughs> what are some misconceptions about creativity and how would you debunk them? And we've got a bunch more questions we're going to talk about today. And if you want to hear all that, Listen to this week's Maximal episode, available exclusively on Patreon. That's right. You're currently listening to our weekly Minimal episode, but each week, Ryan and I record an entirely different, much longer Maximal episode on the Minimalist Private Podcast, which gives us the private space we need to talk about topics we don't usually discuss in public. Plus, Patreon is the best way for us to fund this podcast and keep it 100% advertisement free when you subscribe to the minimalist private podcast on patreon you'll also receive a personal link so that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app find all the details and all the good stuff over at theminimalistscom slash support ryan what else you got for us this week here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners hi josh and ryan my name is zeal from jersey city new jersey in regards to episode 204 as an artist i find it helpful to add my own expiration dates on my supplies so I can use them within a month or a year. This helps me set a date, usually with a permanent marker, on the packaging or on a post-it note. Hey guys, this is Jessica calling from Boston about episode 190 on positive thinking. You guys were discussing whether or not it's a good idea to try and be positive all the time, even on your bad days, faking it till you make it, etc. And I definitely think it's a strength and a skill to be able to look on the positive side of things. But at the same time, I think it's really important to dig deep and figure out the why and everything that comes up in our lives, whether it's good or bad. After discovering that we have like 60,000 thoughts a day and about how 80% of them can be negative and self-critical, I thought that especially on the really bad days where that percentage might be a little bit higher, it might be beneficial to actually just minimize the total amount of thoughts that you have instead of using your energy to try to be positive all day, which can get quite draining actually. So I started to implement this really cool two-step process on the days where I just can't seem to be positive at all, and it's really been helping me out a lot. So step one is I try to just spend my entire day being in a constant state of awareness and meditation. Um, so I'm just absorbing, paying attention. I don't give any prolonged thought to anything at all. I'm not judging. Um, and I do this whether I'm at home all day, I'm going to work or hanging out with friends, whatever it is. I just try to stay in the moment and then whenever any negative thoughts try to creep back up, um, I remind myself to get back to that state. 
So overall, this limits the amount of total thoughts I have throughout the day, which then limits the amount of negativity I end up spending my um, focus on, right? And it gives me kind of like a mental break. And then step two is that um, hopefully the next day when I wake up, I'm feeling better. I take some time to reflect and journal. So the idea is not to ignore your bad feelings, which can get quite dangerous and destructive over time, but you wait for a better day when they feel less overwhelming and crippling so that you can process them. Um, This just seems like a really healthy way to love and be genuine to myself, and I hope that this helps some of the listeners who maybe don't do well when it comes to putting that smile on on those tough days. All right, y'all, real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. Speaking of creativity, writing is my preferred platform, my, my preferred means, my preferred medium of communication and expression. I like all of these others, including what we're doing right now, podcasting, but writing is the thing that I'm most passionate about. And if you want to learn how to improve your writing, how to write better, well, I teach a writing class, an online writing class, and we're getting ready to open up 100 seats uh, this or later this quarter. And if you are interested in that, we only open it up for one or two days at a time. And last time we did it last quarter, it sold out pretty quickly. It's called How to Write Better, and you can find details at howtowritebetter.org. Just enter your email address over there if you want to be notified when the next class is opened up. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839, or send a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails. And for our added value this week, Ryan, I'm going to recommend um, Run River North. They come out with a new album? They came out with a new EP. Okay. And it is really good. It's called Monsters Calling Home Volume 2. And my favorite song from that is a song called Wave. They opened up our... Los Angeles show a couple years ago. when Rob was with us. Yeah, Rob Bell did a show with us. They opened up. It was... Unbelievable. It was at the Blasco downtown Los Angeles. One of my favorite bands. Their music just sounds like Los Angeles to me. Yeah. There's something about it. And this new it's EP great. is really good. Check out Wave from Monsters Calling Home. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things. Because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Sunday morning back in my place. You can sleep late. I don't mind. Break some eggs, make a mixtape, and let it play like 20 times. I ain't got no money, but I got lots of time. So let's spend a little, live a little, cause every day the sun will rise. Come smell the roses, oh, come take your time. Another day I'm getting by We ain't got no money But we got lots of time So let's spend a little Live a little Cause every day the sun will rise